four of mary stuart by friedrich schiller translated by joseph mellish this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. antechamber count lobespine the earls of kent and leicester how fares her majesty my lords you see me still stunned and quite beside myself for terror how happened it how was it possible that in the midst of this most loyal people the deed was not attempted by the people the assassin was a subject of your king a frenchman sure a lunatic a papist count obespine enter burley in conversation with davison sir let the death-warrant be instantly made out and pass the seal then let it be presented to the queen her majesty must sign it hasten sir we have no time to lose it shall be done exit my lord high treasurer my faithful heart shares in this just rejoicing of the real praised be almighty heaven who hath averted assassination from our much-loved queen praised be his name who hath thus turned to scorn the malice of our foes may heaven confound the perpetrator of this cursed deed its perpetrator and its base contriver please you my lord to bring me to the queen that i may lay the warm congratulations of my imperial master at her feet there is no need of this my lord of burley i know my duty sir your duty is to quit and that without delay this kingdom lobespine stepping back with surprise what how is this the sacred character of an ambassador to-day protects you but not to-morrow what is my crime should i once name it then there were no pardon for it i hope my lord my choice's privilege screens not a traitor traitor how my lord consider well your passport was discovered in the assassin's pocket righteous heaven sir many passports are subscribed by me i cannot know the secret thoughts of man he in your house confessed and was absolved my house is open to our enemies i claim a strict inquiry tremble at it my monarch in my person is insulted he will annul the marriage contract that my royal mistress has annulled already england will not unite herself with france my lord of kent i give to you the charge to see count orbespine embarked in safety the furious populace has stormed his palace where a whole arsenal of arms was found should he be found they'll tear him limb from limb conceal him till the fury is abated you answer for his life i go I leave this kingdom where they sport with public treaties and trample on the laws of nations. Yet my monarch, be assured, will vent his rage in direst vengeance. Let him seek it here. Exeunt Kent and Lobespine. And thus you loose yourself the knot of union which you officiously uncalled for bound. You have deserved but little of your country, my lord. This trouble was superfluous my aim was good though fate declared against it happy is he who has so fair a conscience well know we the mysterious mien of burley when he is on the hunt for deeds of treason 
Now you are in your element, my lord. A monstrous outrage has been just committed, and darkness veils as yet its perpetrators. Now will a court of inquisition rise. Each word, each look be weighed, men's very thoughts be summoned to the bar. You are, my lord, the mighty man, the atlas of the state. All England's weight lies upon your shoulders. In you, my lord, I recognize my master. For such a victory as your eloquence has gained, I cannot boast. What means your lordship? You were the man who knew behind my back to lure the queen to Fotheringay Castle. Behind your back? When did I fear to act before your face? You led her majesty? Oh, no, you led her not. It was the queen who was so gracious as to lead you thither. What mean you, my lord, by that? The noble part you forced the queen to play, the glorious triumph which you prepared for her. Too gracious princess, so shamelessly, so wantonly, to mock thy unsuspecting goodness, to betray thee so pitiless to thy exulting foe. This, then, is the magnanimity, the grace which suddenly possessed you in the council. The steward is for this so despicable, so weak an enemy, that it would scarcely be worth the pains to stain us with her blood. A specious plan, and sharply pointed, too. It is only a pity this sharp point is broken. Unworthy wretch! This instant follow me and answer at the throne this insolence! You'll find me there, my lord. And look you well that there your eloquence desert you not. Exit. I am detected. All my plots disclosed. How has my evil genius tracked my steps? Alas, if he has proofs, if she should learn that I have held a secret correspondence with her worst enemy, how criminal shall I appear to her? How false will then my counsel seem, and all the fatal pains I took to lure the queen to Fotheringay? I've shamefully betrayed, I have exposed her to her detested enemy's revilings. Oh, never, never can she pardon that. All will appear as if premeditated, the bitter turn of this sad interview, the triumph and the tauntings of her rival. Yes, e'en the murderous hand which had prepared a bloody, monstrous, unexpected fate, all, all will be ascribed to my suggestions. I see no rescue, nowhere. Ha! Who comes? Mortimer enters in the most violent uneasiness and looks with apprehension around him. Lord Leicester, is it you? Are we alone? Ill-fated wretch, away! What seek you here? They're upon our track, upon yours too. Be vigilant. Away! Away! They know that private conferences have been held at Oberstein's. What's that to me? They know, too, that the assassin— That is your affair, audacious wretch, to dare to mix my name in your detested outrage. Go, defend your bloody deeds yourself. But only hear me! Down! Down to hell! Why cling you at my heels like an infernal spirit? I disclaim you. I know you not. I make no common cause with murderers. You will not hear me, then. I came to warn you. You too are detected. How? What? Lord Burley went to Fotheringay just as the luckless deed had been attempted, searched with strict scrutiny the Queen's apartments, and found there— 
What? A letter which the Queen had just addressed to you. Unhappy woman. In which she calls on you to keep your word, renews the promise of her hand, and mentions the picture which she sent you. Death and hell. Lord Burley has the letter. I am lost. Improve the moment. Be beforehand with him, and save yourself, save her. An oath can clear your fame. Contrive excuses to avert the worst. I am disarmed, could do no more. My comrades are dispersed. To pieces fallen our whole confederacy. For Scotland I, to rally such new friends as there I may. Tis now your turn, my lord. Try what your weight, what bold assurance can effect. I, I will. Goes to the door, opens it, and calls. Who waits without? Guards, seize this wretched traitor. To the officer who comes in with soldiers. And guard him closely. A most dreadful plot is brought to light. I'll to her majesty. Infamous wretch. But I deserve it all. Who told me then to trust this practised villain? Now o'er my head he strides, and on my fall he builds the bridge of safety. Be it so. Go, save thyself. My lips are sealed forever. I will not join even thee in my destruction. I would not own thee, no, not even in death. Life is the faithless villain's only good. To the officer of the guard who steps forward to seize him. What wilt thou, slave of tyranny, with me? I laugh to scorn thy threatenings. I am free. Drawing a dagger. He's armed. Rush in and wrest his weapon from him. They rush upon him. He defends himself. And in this latest moment shall my heart expand itself in freedom, and my tongue shall break this long constraint. Curse and destruction light on you all who have betrayed your faith, your God, and your true sovereign, who, alike to earthly Mary, false as to the heavenly, have sold your duties to this bastard queen. Hear you these blasphemies? Rush forward. Seize him. Beloved queen, I could not set thee free. Yet take a lesson from me how to die. Mary, thou holy one, oh, pray for me, and take me to thy heavenly home on high. Stabs himself and falls into the arms of the guard. The Apartment of the Queen Elizabeth, with a letter in her hand, Burley. To lure me thither, trifle with me thus, the traitor, thus to lead me as in triumph into the presence of his paramour. Oh, Burley, ne'er was woman so deceived. I cannot yet conceive what potent means, what magic he exerted to surprise my queen's accustomed prudence. Oh, I die for shame! How he must laugh to scorn my weakness! I thought to humble her, and was myself the object of her bitter scorn. By this you see how faithfully I counselled you. Oh, I am sorely punished that I turned my ear from your wise counsels, yet I thought I might confide in him. Who could suspect beneath the vows of faithfulest devotion a deadly snare? In whom can I confide when he deceives me? 
he whom I have made the greatest of the great, and ever set the nearest to my heart, and in this court allowed to play the master and the king. Yet in that very moment he betrayed you, betrayed you to this wily queen of Scots. Oh, she shall pay me for it with her life. Is the death-warrant ready? Tis prepared as you commanded. She shall surely die. He shall behold her fall, and fall himself. I've driven him from my heart. No longer love, revenge alone is there. And high as once he stood, so low and shameful be his fall. A monument of my severity, as once the proud example of my weakness. Conduct him to the tower. Let a commission of peers be named to try him. He shall feel in its full weight the rigour of the law. But he will seek thy presence. He will clear— How can he clear himself? Does not the letter convict him? Oh, his crimes are manifest. But thou art mild and gracious, his appearance, his powerful presence. I will never see him. No, never, never more. Our orders given not to admit him, should he come? Tis done. Page, entering. The Earl of Leicester. The presumptuous man! I will not see him. Tell him that I will not. I am afraid to bring my lord this message, nor would he credit it and I have raised him so high that my own servants tremble more at him than me. The Queen forbids his presence. The page retires slowly. Yet, if it still were possible, if he could clear himself, might it not be a snare laid by the cunning one to sever me from my best friends, the ever-treacherous harlot? She might have writ the letter, but to raise poisonous suspicion in my heart to ruin the man she hates. Yet, gracious queen, consider. Lester bursts open the door with violence and enters with an imperious air. Fain would I see the shameless man who dares forbid me the apartments of my queen. Audacious slave. To turn me from the door. If for a burly she be visible, she must be so to me. My lord. You are too bold, without permission to intrude. My lord, you are too arrogant to take the lead in these apartments. What? Permission? I know of none who stands so high at court as to permit my doings or refuse them. Tis from my sovereign's lips alone that I— Out of my sight, deceitful, worthless traitor! Tis not my gracious queen, I hear— but Burley, my enemy, in these ungentle words, to my imperial mistress I appeal. Thou hast lent him thine ear. I ask the like. Speak, shameless wretch. Increase your crime. Deny it. Dismiss this troublesome intruder first. Withdraw, my lord. It is not of your office to play the third man here. Between the queen and me there is no need of witnesses. Retire. Remain, my lord. Tis my command. What has a third to do twixt thee and me? I have to clear myself before my queen, my worshipped queen. I will maintain the rights which thou hast given me. These rights are sacred, and I insist upon it that my lord retire. This haughty tone befits you well. It well befits me. Am not I the man, the happy man, to whom thy gracious favour has given the highest station? This exalts me above this burly, and above them all. 
thy heart imparted me this rank and what thy favour gave by heavens i will maintain at my life's hazard let him go it needs two moments only to exculpate me think not with cunning words to hide the truth that fear from him so voluble of speech but what i say is to the heart addressed and i will justify what i have dared to do confiding in thy generous favour before thy heart alone i recognise no other jurisdiction base deceiver tis this e'en this which above all condemns you my lord produce the letter here it is Lester running over the letter without losing his presence of mind. Tis Mary Stuart's hand. Read and be dumb. Lester, having read it quietly. Appearance is against me, yet I hope I shall not by appearances be judged. Can you deny your secret correspondence with Mary? That she sent and do received her picture? That you gave her hopes of rescue? It were an easy matter, if I felt that I were guilty of a crime, to challenge the testimony of my enemy. Yet bold is my good conscience. I confess that she hath said the truth. Well, then, thou wretch. His own words sentence him. Out of my sight. Away, conduct the traitor to the tower. I am no traitor. It was wrong, I own, to make a secret of this step to thee. Yet pure was my intention. It was done to search into her plots and to confound them. Vain subterfuge. And do you think, my lord? I've played a dangerous game. I know it well. And none but Lester dare be bold enough to risk it at this court. The world must know how I detest this steward and the rank which here I hold. My monarch's confidence with which she honours me must sure suffice to overturn all doubt of my intentions. Well may the man thy favour above all distinguishes pursue a daring course to do his duty. If the course was good, wherefore conceal it? You are used, my lord, to prate before you act, the very chime of your own deeds. This is your manner, lord, but mine is first to act and then to speak yes now you speak because you must and you boast of a wonderful a mighty action that you have saved the queen have snatched away the mask from treachery all is known to you you think forsooth that nothing can escape your penetrating eyes poor idle boaster in spite of all your cunning mary stuart was free to-day had i not hindered it how you yes i my lord the queen confided in mortimer she opened to the youth her inmost soul yes she went further still she gave him too a secret bloody charge which paulet had before refused with horror say is it so or not the queen and burleigh look at one another with astonishment whence know ye this nay is it not a fact now answer me and where, my lord, were your thousand eyes? Not to discover Mortimer was false, that he, the Guise's tool and Mary's creature, a raging papist, daring fanatic, was come to free the Stuart and to murder the Queen of England. How? This Mortimer? T'was he through whom our correspondence passed. This plot it was which introduced me to him. This very day she was to have been torn from her confinement. He, this very moment, disclosed his plan to me. 
I took him prisoner and gave him to the guard. When, in despair to see his work o'erturned, himself unmasked, he slew himself. Oh, I indeed have been deceived beyond example. Mortimer! This happened then but now, since last we parted. For my own sake I must lament the deed, that he was thus cut off. His testimony, were he alive, had fully cleared my fame, and freed me from suspicion. "'Twas for this that I surrendered him to open justice. "'I thought to choose the most impartial course "'to verify and fix my innocence before the world.' "'He killed himself, you say. Is so? "'Or did you kill him?' "'Vile suspicion! Hear but the guard who seized him.' "'He goes to the door and calls. "'Ho! Who waits?' "'Enter the officer of the guard.' "'Sir, tell the queen how Mortimer expired.' I was on duty in the palace porch, when suddenly my lord threw wide the door, and ordered me to take the knight in charge, denouncing him a traitor. Upon this he grew enraged, and with the most bitter curses against our sovereign and our holy faith, he drew a dagger, and before the guards could hinder his intention, plunged the steel into his heart, and fell a lifeless corpse. "'Tis well. You may withdraw. Her Majesty has heard enough." The officer withdraws. Oh, what a deep abyss of monstrous deeds! Who was it then, my queen, who saved you? Was it Burley? Did he know the dangers which surrounded you? Did he avert them from your head? Your faithful Lester was your good angel. This same Mortimer died most conveniently for you, my lord. What I should say, I know not. I believe you, and I believe you not. I think you guilty, and yet I think you not. Oh, curse on her who caused me all this anguish. She must die. I now myself consent unto her death. I formerly advised you to suspend the sentence till some arm should rise anew on her behalf. The case has happened now, and I demand her instant execution. You give this counsel? You? Howe'er it wound my feelings to be forced to this extreme, yet now I see most clearly, now I feel, that the Queen's welfare asks this bloody victim. Tis my proposal, therefore, that the writ be drawn at once to fix the execution. Since then his lordship shows such earnest zeal, such loyalty, to a well he were appointed to see the execution of the sentence. Who? I? Yes, you. You surely ne'er could find a better means to shake off the suspicion which rests upon you still, than to command her, whom tis said you love, to be beheaded? My lord advises well. So be it, then. It were but fit that my exalted rank should free me from so mournful a commission, which would indeed in every sense become a burly better than the Earl of Leicester. The man who stands so near the royal person should have no knowledge of such fatal scenes. But, yet, to prove my zeal, to satisfy my queen, I waive my charge's privilege, and take upon myself this hateful duty. Lord Burley shall partake this duty with you. To Burley. So be the warrant instantly prepared. Burley withdraws a tumult heard without. How now, my lord of Kent? What uproar's this I hear without? My queen, it is thy people, who round the palace ranged, impatiently demand to see their sovereign. What their wish? A panic terror has already spread through London, that thy life has been attempted, that murderers commissioned from the Pope beset thee, 
that the Catholics have sworn to rescue from her prison Mary Stuart, and to proclaim her queen. Thy loyal people believe it, and are mad. Her head alone can quiet them. This day must be her last. How? Will they force me, then? They are resolved. Enter Burley and Davison with a paper. Well, Davison? Your orders are obeyed, my queen. What orders, sir? As she is about to take the paper, she shudders and starts back. Oh, God! Obey thy people's voice. It is the voice of God. Oh, my good Lord! Who will assure me now that what I hear is my whole people's voice, the voice of all the world? How much I fear that if I should now listen to the wish of the wild multitude, a different voice might soon be heard, and that the very men who now by force oblige me to this step may, when tis taken, heavily condemn me. Enter the Earl of Shrewsbury, who enters with great emotion. Hold fast, my queen, they wish to hurry thee. Seeing Davison with the paper. Be firm, or is it then decided? Is it indeed decided? I behold a paper of ominous appearance in his hand. Let it not at this moment meet thy eyes, my queen. Good Shrewsbury, I am constrained. Who can constrain thee? Thou art queen of England. Here must thy majesty assert its rights. Command those savage voices to be silent, who take upon themselves to put constraint upon thy royal will, to rule thy judgment. Fear only, blind conjecture moves thy people. Thou art thyself beside thyself. Thy wrath is grievously provoked. Thou art but mortal, and canst not thus ascend the judgment seat. Judgment has long been past. It is not now the time to speak, but execute the sentence. The tumult gains apace. There are no means to moderate the people. See, my lord, how they press on. I only ask a respite. A single word traced by thy hand decides the peace, the happiness of all thy life. Thou hast for years considered. Let not then a moment ruled by passion hurry thee, but a short respite. Recollect thyself. Wait for a moment of tranquillity. Wait for it. Pause, delay, till flames of fire consume the realm until the fifth attempt of murder be successful god indeed hath thrice delivered thee thy late escape was marvellous and to expect again a miracle would be to tempt thy god that god whose potent hand hath thrice preserved thee who lent my aged feeble arm its strength to overcome the madman he deserves thy confidence i will not raise the voice of justice now for now is not the time Thou canst not hear it in this storm of passion. Yet listen but to this. Thou tremblest now before this living Mary. Tremble rather before the murdered, the beheaded Mary. She will arise and quit her grave, will range a fiend of discord, an avenging ghost around thy realm, and turn thy people's hearts from their allegiance. For as yet the Britons hate her because they fear her, but most surely will they avenge her when she is no more. They will no more behold the enemy of their belief. They will but see in her the much-lamented issue of their kings, a sacrifice to jealousy and hate. Then quickly shalt thou see the sudden change when thou hast done the bloody deed, 
then go through london seek thy people which till now around thee swarmed delighted thou shalt see another england and another people for then no more the godlike dignity of justice which subdued thy subjects hearts will beam around thee fear the dread ally of tyranny will shuddering march before thee and make a wilderness in every street the last extremest crime thou hast committed what head is safe if the anointed fall ah oh, shrewsbury you saved my life you turned the murderous steel aside why let you not the dagger take its course then all these broils would have been ended then released from doubt and free from blame i should be now at rest in my still peaceful grave in very sooth i'm weary of my life and of my crown if heaven decree that one of us two queens must perish to secure the other's life and sure it must be so why should not i be she who yields my people must decide i give them back the sovereignty they gave god is my witness that i have not lived for my own sake but for my people's welfare if they expect from this false fawning steward the youngest sovereign more happy days i will descend with pleasure from the throne again repair to woodstock's quiet bowers where once i spent my unambitious youth where far removed from all the vanities of earthly power i found within myself true majesty i am not made to rule a ruler should be made of sterner stuff my heart is tender and soft i have governed these many years this kingdom happily but then i only needed to make happy now comes my first important regal duty and now i feel how weak a thing i am now by mine honour when i hear my queen my royal liege speak such unroyal words i should betray my office should betray my country were i longer to be silent you say you love your people above yourself now prove it choose not peace for your own heart and leave your kingdom to the storms of discord think on the church shall with this papist queen the ancient superstition be renewed the monk resume his sway the roman legate in pomp march hither lock our churches up dethrone our monarchs i demand of you the souls of all your subjects as you now shall act they are all saved or all are lost here is no time for mercy to promote your people's welfare is your highest duty if shrewsbury has saved your life then i will save both you and england that is more i would be left alone no consolation no counsel can be drawn from human aid in this conjecture i will lay my doubts before the judge of all i am resolved to act as he shall teach withdraw my lords to davison who lays the paper on the table you sir remain in waiting close at hand the lords withdraw shrewsbury alone stands for a few moments before the queen regards her significantly then withdraws slowly and with an expression of the deepest anguish oh servitude of popularity disgraceful slavery how weary am i of flattering this idol which my soul despises in its inmost depth oh when shall i once more be free upon this throne 
I must respect the people's voice and strive to win the favour of the multitude, and please the fancies of a mob, whom naught but jugglers' tricks delight. Oh, call not him a king who needs must please the world! Tis he alone who in his actions does not heed the fickle approbation of mankind. Have I then practised justice, all my life shunned each despotic deed? Have I done this only to bind my hands against this first, this necessary act of violence? My own example now condemns myself. Had I but been a tyrant like my sister, my predecessor, I could fearless then have shed this royal blood. But am I now just by my own free choice? No, I was forced by stern necessity to use this virtue, necessity which binds e'en monarch's wills. Surrounded by my foes, my people's love alone supports me on my envied throne. All Europe's powers confederate to destroy me. The Pope's inveterate decree declares me accursed and excommunicated. France betrays me with a kiss, and Spain prepares at sea a fierce exterminating war. Thus stand I, in contention with the world, a poor defenceless woman. I must seek to veil the spot in my imperial birth, by which my father cast disgrace upon me. In vain with princely virtues would I hide it. The envious hatred of my enemies uncovers it, and places Mary Stuart, a threatening fiend, before me evermore. Oh, no! This fear must end. Her head must fall. I will have peace. She is the very fury of my existence, a tormenting demon which destiny has fastened on my soul. Wherever I had planted me a comfort, a flattering hope, my way was ever crossed by this infernal viper. She has torn my favourite and my destined bridegroom from me. The hated name of every ill I feel is Mary Stuart. Were but she no more on earth, I should be free as mountain air. With what disdain did she look down on me, as if her eye should blast me like the lightning? Poor feeble wretch! I bear far other arms, their touch is mortal, and thou art no more. Advancing to the table hastily, and taking the pen. I am a bastard, am I? Hapless wretch! I am but so the while thou livest and breathest. Thy death will make my birth legitimate. The moment I destroy thee is the doubt destroyed which hangs o'er my imperial right. As soon as England has no other choice, my mother's honour and my birthright triumphs. She signs with resolution, lets her pen then fall, and steps back with an expression of terror. After a pause, she rings. Where are their lordships? They are going to quell the tumult of the people. The alarm was instantly appeased when they beheld the Earl of Shrewsbury. That's he, exclaimed a hundred voices. That's the man. He saved the Queen. Hear him, the bravest man in England. And now began the gallant Talbot, blamed in gentle words the people's violence, and used such strong, persuasive eloquence that all were pacified, and silently they slunk away. The fickle multitude, which turns with every wind. Unhappy he who leans upon this reed. Tis well, Sir William, you may retire again. As he is going towards the door. And, sir, this paper. Receive it back. I place it in your hands. Davison casts a look upon the paper and starts back. My gracious queen, thy name. Then tis decided. 
I had but to subscribe it. I have done so. A paper sure cannot decide. A name kills not. Thy name, my queen, beneath this paper, is most decisive. Kills. Tis like the lightning, which blasteth as it flies. This fatal scroll commands the sheriff and commissioners to take departure straight for Fotheringay, and to the Queen of Scots announce her death, which must at dawn be put into execution. There is no respite, no discretion here. As soon as I have parted with this writ, her race is run. Yes, sir, the Lord has placed this weighty business in your feeble hands. Seek him in prayer to light you with his wisdom. I go, and leave you, sir, to do your duty. Going. No, leave me not, my queen, till I have heard your will. The only wisdom that I need is, word for word, to follow your commands. Say, have you placed this warrant in my hands to see that it be speedily enforced? That you must do as your own prudence dictates. Not mine. Oh, God forbid! Obedience is my only prudence here. No point must be left to be decided by your servant. A small mistake would here be a regicide, a monstrous crime, from which my soul recoils. Permit me, in this weighty act, to be your passive instrument, without a will. Tell me, in plain undoubted terms, your pleasure, what with the bloody mandate I should do. Its name declares its meaning. Do you then, my liege, command its instant execution? I said not that. I tremble but to think of it. Shall I retain it, then, till further orders? At your own risk. You answer the event. Ay, Gracious heavens! Oh, speak, my queen, your pleasure. My pleasure is that this unhappy business be no more mentioned to me, that at last I may be freed from it, and that for ever. It cost you but a word. Determine, then, what shall I do with this mysterious scroll? I have declared it. Plague me, sir, no longer. You have declared it, say you? Oh, my queen, you have said nothing. Please, my gracious mistress, but to remember. Insupportable! Oh, be indulgent to me. I have entered unwittingly not many months ago upon this office. I knew not the language of courts and kings. I ever have been reared in simple, open-wise, a plain, blunt man. Be patient with me, nor deny your servant a light to lead him clearly to his duty. He approaches her in a supplicating posture. She turns her back on him. He stands in despair, then speaks with a tone of resolution. Take, take again this paper, take it back. Within my hands it is a glowing fire. Select not me, my queen. Select not me to serve you in this terrible conjecture. Go, sir. Fulfill the duty of your office. Exit. She goes. She leaves me doubting and perplexed with this dread paper. How to act, I know not. Should I retain it? Should I forward it? To Burley, who enters. Oh, I am glad you are come, my lord. "'Tis you who have preferred me to this charge. "'Now free me from it, for I undertook it, "'unknowing how responsible it made me. "'Let me then seek again the obscurity in which you found me. "'This is not my place.' "'How now? Take courage, sir. 
Where is the warrant? The Queen was with you. She has quitted me in bitter anger. Oh, advise me, help me, save me from this fell agony of doubt. My lord, here is the warrant. It is signed. Indeed. Oh, give it, give it me. I may not. How? She has not yet explained her final will. Explained? She has subscribed it. Give it to me. I am to execute it, and I am not. Great heavens! I know not what I am to do. It must be now, this moment executed. The warrant, sir. You're lost if you delay. So am I also, if I act too rashly. What strange infatuation! Give it me! Snatches the paper from him, and exit with it. What would you? Hold! You will be my destruction. End of Act 4